Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And good morning, everybody. It is time for the Garden Wise Show with the Garden Wise Guys on Legends 810. I'm Jim Borland, one of the wise guys, and the other one is Keith Funk, and he's sitting next to me over there. That would be me. Good morning. And good morning again to everybody out there. What a wonderful... These 100-degree these days that have wonderful mornings. Oh, and evenings, too. It was like 55 degrees this morning. Oh, That's a little chilly to be yeah. out doing much, and, unless you're running, but... Uh, or digging holes. Or digging holes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> talking, talking about 100 degrees, we got a couple 100-degree days coming up this week. At least a couple, yeah. And uh, I was just listening to NPR on the way into work this morning, and um, they were talking to a guy in Antarctica. That and, would be chilling. And the voice was perfectly clear. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know what kind of procedure they were using, but uh, it, w- it was wonderful connection. And so the first question was, how cold is it there? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know they're they are just They've about never been asked that question. <laughs> no, before. never, never. And they're just about ready to start winter there. Official winter now, way down low, minus ninety eight degrees. It was outside where this guy was talking with the windshield. He said, and, and this becomes irrelevant. Like who cares now? It's minus one hundred twenty eight degrees. Lordy, that's Fahrenheit, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> So they, when when does carbon dioxide become a liquid? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I you or know that, nitrogen. That's something we had to learn. In yeah, either high years school, ago. college, I yeah. forget what. What's high what school the, chemistry yeah, class? What the liquid and and uh, the freezing of carbon dioxide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember anymore. And nitrogen and helium and oxygen, and I can't remember the others. I do remember absolute zero Fahrenheit. Do you? And what is it? Four fifty-three, below Four, zero. Four fifty-three, and yeah, what is it? Everything centigrade? Every, no, in centigrade, it's I don't know a lot. And <laughs> 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 that that everything stops. Everything stops. Yeah, if you huh? walk outside, you you stop. You just freeze in <laughs> mid. mid. <laughs> <laughs> you become a human sickle. <laughs> I guess. I guess. All right. Enough with that nonsense. This morning, we're going to do a garden show here this morning. And the way it operates is that uh, we have a phone number. You use it, and you get in here and talk with us, and uh, we'll, we'll start a chat, a conversation about your garden. What's going on in your garden? What's not going on that should be? What are your problems? Let's see if we can't figure out what's going on. Here's our phone number, 303-477-2473. That will get you in here and talk with, actually, first you'll talk with Sean. He answers the phone. And uh, he'll do some vetting as uh, <clears throat> find out what you're wearing and what kind of hat you're wearing and, and the size of your left shoe. You know, that kind of important kind of stuff. Favorite colors. You yeah, know. Favorite, what's your favorite color? Every week he has a different question. So, And what's be, the airspeed velocity of a <laughs> swallow carrying a coconut? <laughs> oh, man. 
Or <laughs> what's the li- liquid temperature <laughs> temperature at which carbon dioxide becomes a liquid? <laughs> there you <laughs> go. <laughs> I'm sure somebody will be able to look that up. We could look it up here somewhere. You could, you could do it on your phone. I could, but I'm not going <clears> to. <throat> okay. <laughs> what? Right. See how you are. Keep us in suspense. <laughs> okay, I'll ask Siri. All right. Yeah, Siri knows everything. Siri is the voice of Google. That's exactly. Well, I don't know if that's right or not. No, I don't know. Uh, what, what temperature does carbon dioxide turn to a liquid? Yeah. Yeah. And under what pressure? That's important, too. Oh, we picked all of that up. Oh, okay. You have to stop talking now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you she can only answer in absolute silence, right? All right. Well, she we're, didn't while we're waiting that. for her, uh, here's another note to, of no consequence whatsoever. And it's just these, these kind of things just kind of bug me. But that you know, that's who I am. I um, <clears throat> hear on the on the weather forecast, on the news, and also now the newspaper as well talk about. Of course, we're in tornado season. <laughs> Don't you know? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess they did have one up north there. Yeah, they did. I shouldn't giggle. And everybody, they and the news recast was tornado touchdown. No, tornadoes don't touch down. Funnel clouds touch down. That's when they become a tornado. There you go. Not until then. Most people don't know that. that uh, well, sure that's I like the that. difference between a, a <clears throat> what a meteor and a meteorite. Right or a stalagmite and a stal- stalactite. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens when a stalactite and a stalagmite touch? Uh, um, what do they call that? Sparks. Sparks. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure there's a name for it. They call it a column. I don't know. I'm just well. Guessing. It turns into it a column. It seems like a column to it's, me. It's not. A, see, there you go. It's not a column until they touched. It's like a tornado. It's not a tornado Correct. until it touches Absolutely. the ground. Absolutely. And then it becomes a tornado. With a meteor in it. Really. And, and weather people should know that. They're, well, they're giving us false information. That's true. More false news. <laughs> we got enough of that already. Thank you very much. Right now, my wife's pet peeve, and it's become my pet peeve now on television, is <clears throat> the difference between fewer and more. Fewer and less. Or less. Yeah, fewer and less. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, two different words. People don't know no. on TV. So when we hear it doing wrong, both of us, it's like a contest. Who can call out, <laughs> fewer, <laughs> first. I do that with tornadoes, too. <laughs> I'm not sure my wife appreciates it. And there are other things <laughs> that come up, they say, too. And I say, no, wrong. Or when they're, like on America's Got Talent or any of those other shows where they have singers and they chew. You know, it's like, I'm um, if, if if instead of you, it's chew. Oh yeah, I don't like that. Pronounce the individual words. What's, what's chew doing? Don't, don't make it. Don't make a contraction out of two words that don't that yeah. is not a contraction I properly. That's yeah, true. But anyway, well, you know anything goes anymore. I'm turning into an old man, a fussy old man. <laughs> uh, I passed my apex a couple of years ago. I'm way ahead, <laughs> way ahead of you. Hey, we got to again. We have someone on the line who wants yeah. to talk about garden stuff. Oh, let's see. Carbon dioxide forms into a liquid at 31 C <clears throat> or eight minus 87.8 Fahrenheit. I think we need pressure in there. Minus here. 31 C, right? Am I correct on that? Yeah, equals yeah, 87.8 is what um, I'm saying. 
Well, yeah, it would be it would be minus eighty seven point eight, right? Yeah, up to negative fifty six point six Celsius. That's not right. Why not? Minus thirty one C is not even minus thirty one Fahrenheit. Minus forty degrees centigrade is minus forty degrees Fahrenheit. Temp of liquid. Yeah. We're we're figuring things out here, folks. They have this nothing is important to do with information to know. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're we're looking this up now, and we're coming up with <clears throat> seeing if we compress all the carbon dioxide in the world, how how big of a jar would you need to put it in, and then reduce the temperature, it would turn into liquid. Some way to turn into salt. I don't too. know. I, this is too much reading. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no text allowed. Let's go. Let's go talk to people okay. on the phone, shall we? Right. Why don't we go out to line one and see what Margaret's up to out in Centennial? Good morning, Margaret. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you this morning? Oh, okay, great. I have a headache from reading now. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. And, and Sean forgot to ask me the size of my left foot. Sean, oh, what is it? You're falling down. It's the same size as my right foot. Okay, good. That's <laughs> okay. what we were hoping for. <laughs> not, not, a, not for me. And Keith, neither. He's oh, got two well. different size feet. Oh, well. Okay, so I have three <laughs> questions. Yeah. Um, the first one is, I have a hydrangea that I've had for years, and I forgot to put the mira acid on it earlier this spring, mm-hmm. so it would be blue. Is it too late? Probably not. Has it started blooming yet? Well, it has blooms on it, but they haven't opened. Okay, so they're still in that green stage? Yeah. You might be able to affect it yet. I'm I'm not sure how, how long, at what stage it becomes, irre- you know, Irrelevant. I, I don't know the answer to that one. No. Okay, well, it's worth know. a try then. Yeah, it's, it's worth, worth a try. try. You have nothing to lose. It may okay. just come out muddy. Yeah, kind of a halfway <laughs> between pink and blue. <laughs> well, that would make it kind of lavenderish. Lavenderish, there you yes. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, second question. We had some hydrangeas planted about a month ago in a new area that was landscaped, and it said they could be planted in sun. But some of them, the leaves are getting white in the center. Now, is it just in shock, or that's is called, there something wrong? That's called scorch. Do you know what variety they are? Um, I can tell you. Hold on one second, because I pulled the thing off so I would remember. Good, because that and will make says, a difference. It is a quick-fire oh, yes. anical hydrangea. Yes, so that is the sun variety. Okay. And so more than likely that plant was grown in... Maybe a shade house or something like that yeah, before you got it. <clears throat> yeah, so it wasn't acclimated to full sun. Okay. So yeah, you're going to get some scorching um, on those older leaves that that came with the plant. But the okay. new growth should come out normally. Perfect. Good. I was worried about that. Then they also planted a butterfly bush that those leaves are kind of brownish in the center and, and look a little droopy. I'm thinking it's probably the same thing. Okay. Just uh, right. excess sunlight. Either so that or maybe not enough moisture because those well, things I've are water hogs. Because I figured it was new and it needed to get, you know, set in. But I don't know how much. Do, do they take a lot of water yes. going forward? They do. Okay. Yeah, butterfly bushes, I mean, they grow best right on the edge of a pond. Oh, well, this is not going to be on the edge of a pond. So, I okay. think you need to build one. <laughs> it would be difficult <laughs> since they're up against my neighbor's fence. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, last question. I have a, and I can never pronounce it, Wygelia? Yeah, Wygelia. Wygelia. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
it's blooming, but there's a lot of brown stock uh, stems from last year sticking up. That they're green leaves at the bottom, but not at the top. Do I trim those off? I would. Yeah. Okay. That's I didn't want just... to cut them if they were going to green up, but I thought they should be green up by now, shouldn't they? I, it's mm-hmm. just die. Uh, <laughs> dieback. <laughs> winter die winter kill. Yeah, yeah, I have it okay. all over my landscape. Plants have died back. My whole okay. Wygelia bush died. Yeah. Well, luckily these didn't die, but they've never ever gotten very tall. They're you know, they're like Yeah, keep them well watered yeah. too. Okay. Yeah, I, I realized that last year what, so I've been doing more with that. Okay. What kind of sun are they getting? Full sun. All day? Pretty well. Right now, at the, this morning, they're still in some shade. They face west, so right now there's mm. some shade. You know, I, in a perfect world, I would recommend them on an east side where they're going to get morning sun and then bright afternoon shade. Oh, well, they've been in there 15 years. So. Really? Oh, 15, wow, oh, congratulations. I'm impressed. Yeah, well, yeah. except that they, the first year they were large and beautiful, and then my son decided he was going to prune them the next spring, and they've never now gotten more than about a foot and a half tall. Uh-huh. Bad. So, whatever. I'm not moving them. <laughs> okay. No, at this point, it wouldn't. They probably wouldn't survive being moved. Right. Okay. Well, those were my only questions, and it's too early for most of the hibiscus to be showing a lot of life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. what do you mean by life? I mean they should be leafed out and growing. The hibiscus. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh, Mine which one? Just w- now sending up stalks. Okay, but they're growing. Yeah, every oh, okay. one that I've looked at so far, somewhere deep down in there, I can see little green stalks starting to come up. Okay, good. Okay, but no, there's no leaves on any of them. They never usually don't have them until, at least the ones that we have never seem to, I mean, the old stems never relief. Correct, correct. The new stems should be, well, I'm, I'm just going by what's going on in my yard, and mine's, mine's all close to a foot tall already with lots of leaves. Oh, no, huh? none of mine are, but most of mine are in semi-shady areas. Oh, that'll slow them down. You're right. Yeah. So, okay. All right. That's what I needed to know. I appreciate your show very much. Thank you. Well, You're thank welcome. you for listening, and thanks for calling. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. I'd be curious to learn if, if our listeners have any rows of Sharon, uh, another hibiscus, which is a shrub, and how they fared through last winter. I've got two, one of which is almost completely dead, <clears throat> just died back, mm-hmm. and another one died back halfway. It's interesting from what I've been talking to folks is that they'll have several rows of Sharon in a row and like three of them will have made it. One of them will be dead and one of them will be partly dead. Yeah. And they're all the same variety and basically the same exposure. Why would, why would one croak and the rest of them be fine or mostly fine? Couldn't say. <clears throat> Some things I don't have an answer to. And yeah. I mean, we get to, we could blame the weather, and it probably is. But. Well, I mean, last fall we had that. Was it September that we had that freeze? Was well, it in September or was it October? Yeah, year before was October. Okay, that was nasty. Yeah, but we had we had two falls yep. in a row where we had temperatures up in yep. the you know close to eighty degrees during the day, and then dropping down into single digits at night. Yep. And a lot of plants weren't anywhere close to prepared that kind of temperature change i mean uh, if it had happened in december nobody would have noticed the plants wouldn't care yeah, that would not have been a problem but early in the fall it's difficult for them and you know keep in mind <laughs> most of the stuff we have out there probably 95 percent of the stuff we grow in our yards shouldn't be here it's only here because we help it along that's right 
Yeah. So back east, they don't have this kind of a problem, typically. No. And nor in the, nor in the northwest do they have this kind of problem. They have a more even spring. Now, uh, <clears throat> they had a nasty winter in Texas. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, I think snow or... I think it may have some snow all the way down to the coast. Is that right? Yeah, it was nasty cold. And it wasn't that cold here during that particular period. Yeah. But they had thousands of palm trees are dead. When I was in a freshman in college, we decided, my friend and I decided we were going to go down to Corpus Christi for spring break. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that just happened to be the year. <laughs> that they had snow at Dallas Fort Worth area and it was cold all the way down. it was like 45 degrees in Corpus Christi <laughs> and and instead of camping on the beach we found a hotel that didn't even have a heater <laughs> yeah yeah in the room yeah. yeah a lot of places down there don't have heat at all but uh, i was i was shocked we were we were tooling along in our VW bug and uh, at the Dallas Fort Worth area and and people were just driving along and just off to the side of the road they go. And now another one goes off to the side. Another one goes off to the side. It's like, it was hilarious. We were laughing so hard. We hardly could keep our car going straight. <laughs> uh, Volkswagens are good in snow. They seem to be. Yeah. I had one for 25 years. It was good in snow. Yeah. And the heater was terrible. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh, see. Enough of that kind of that's stuff. That's right. We need some more callers. We and do. We we need to go talk to Irene, too. So why don't and, you give and, out the phone know, number? And, and, we need, and we need to take a break as well. It's that time of the morning. Oh, it's already that time? Yeah, I know. We, we've been chatting up just a little too much here. So we're going to take a break and come back and then talk to the people who, who call in to talk with us. Right here on Legends 810. Time for Ask the Bonide Guy with answers to what's bugging you. Let's go to Dave on line one. Oh, hey, so I'm really big into next-generation technology. Uh -huh. I've got a next-gen TV. I've got a next-gen lawnmower. Cool. Yeah, so now I've got next-gen weeds popping up in my garden. Uh, what do you recommend? Hmm, how about something next-gen? Oh, really? I'm all ears. Bonide Cleanup HE is the next-gen way to kill unwanted weeds, grasses, and brush in hours with just one application. Whoa, okay. So what's with the HE? Oh, it's a new high-efficiency formula, kind of like the laundry detergent. With Cleanup HE, one gallon treats up to 1,000 square feet. That's like three times more than what you're using now. Oh, that's incredible. Oh, yeah, and Cleanup HE is great for outdoor patios, walkways, driveways, and around flower beds and gardens. Just spray and watch those weeds disappear. Now that's smart technology. Thanks, Bonide guy. Get next-gen weed control with new Cleanup HE from Bonide. Trusted since 1926. Visit your local hardware store or garden center today or learn more online at Bonide.com. Rain or shine, stop by Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden to check out the great selection of annuals and perennials in stock. Trucks arrive almost daily with flowers, ornamental grasses, and shrubs. It is not too late to start some of the warm season veggies from seed, cucumbers, beans, squash, also some of the root crops such as carrots and beets. The leafy veggies are fine if provided with shade. As always, Jared's has a great gift store and some fun garden art. Lots of dragons this year, as well as many other unusual items. Stop in and check them out. Pots include several styles of aqua pots, the new stylish ceramic self-watering pots you see advertised everywhere. These pots, developed by proven winners, are not only stylish, but they reduce water usage and make it much easier to keep the plants happy and healthy. 
Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden on West Bulls Avenue between Kipling and Sims. Hours are 9 to 6 weekdays and 9 to 5 weekends. Hope to see you soon. Unwanted and unsightly suckers driving you up a tree? Are you tired of cutting and pulling the little suckers? Spray them with Sucker Stopper. Sucker Stopper works, and it works now. Spray Sucker Stopper on those suckers that grow from roots and pruning cuts, and those suckers are history. Sucker Stopper's ready-to-spray formulation stops sucker growth on trees and woody ornamental plants. Ask for Sucker Stopper at your local garden supply store. Products that work from Monterey Lawn and Garden. Well, summer is in full swing now, and look who's back. Those nasty Japanese beetles, and they're ready to wreak havoc on your garden. If you're looking to successfully control Japanese beetles without damaging the environment, look no further than Beetle Gone from Phylum Bioproducts. Derived from a naturally occurring soil bacteria, Beetle Gone is the only organic solution that successfully controls those destructive beetle invaders. Just mix the powder with water and spray on your plants. Once ingested, they stop feeding and die. And since it's an organic BT product, rest assured it's a safe choice to use on your fruits and veggies in addition to your ornamental flowers and trees. Not only does Beetle Gone work on adult Japanese beetles, it is completely safe to use around beneficials such as ladybugs, butterflies, and bees. And it has no issues with water toxicity. Beetle Gone from Phylum Bioproducts. Target the pest and not the rest. You'll find Beetle Gone at your favorite independent garden center. And make sure you tell them that the Garden Wise Guys sent you. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home. Saturday morning at 930. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix-It show every Saturday morning from 930 to 1030 on Legends. And we are back. We're taking your garden questions at 303-477-2473 right here on Legends 810. And right now we have only one line filled up with a question. It's There's room for your question or questions. We'll allow you to make to ask us more than one question. The next caller. We won't charge you a thing. No. All right. Twofer. Yeah. So let's start with Irene out in Adams County. Good morning, Irene. Good morning. What's going on with you today? Well, I have an area that's about three foot by eight foot long, and it's now it's in the shade because of nearby bushes. But I have grape hyacinth in there, and that that has taken over again. Uh-huh. I have dug the whole thing up twice already and thrown out dirt and all to get rid of the grape hyacinth, and they just they get so thick that chokes out everything else they they are persistent aren't they yes yeah you can take all the plants out and sift all the soil through your fingers to get all those little bulbules and other things out and a year or two later you got more because they're coming up from seed no i threw out the dirt oh well they were in and where did you what did you put back in uh potting soil (coughs) and manure and compost. Hmm. Well, there must have still been some seed in yeah. the soil that you didn't manage to throw out. 
well, how can you get rid of it? That and the, the trumpet vine, it's grown across a double-wide driveway. It's come up in the Yeah, grass. now those, those roots, are go, of course, they're going underground. <clears throat> you can use maybe something called sucker stopper on those. On the trumpet vine. On the trumpet vine. Because you don't want to hurt the main plant. You don't want to hit it with a regular I weed killer. I the main plant. I'm tired of it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, um, have you cut the main plant down, or is it still growing? No, it's still growing. All right, but well, before you cut it down, go out and get yourself some brush and stump killer. Brush and stump killer. Yeah, it's made by Fertilome. And when you cut the when you cut the uh, trumpet vine down, leave about a foot of stem above ground, and coat it. With this brush and stump killer, you can you can spray it on, you can paint it on, whatever works best for you. But do it as soon as you cut the, the plant down, do it right away. Okay. And just coat the stems, the cut surfaces, the side surfaces. In fact, if you want to take a hammer or something and beat the heck out of those stems on the sides, it'll absorb more of the, of the weed killer portion of the product. And that'll go down into the root system and kill it out roots and all. You may still have some suckers coming out at the very perimeter of the, of the root system that maybe the, the, the brush and stump killer doesn't quite get to, but uh, that should be few and far between. Now, is there anything? Could I spray that um, hyacinth with Roundup? You Would can, <clears throat> but if you, if you notice the leaves, they are they're really very shiny and uh, slippery waxy. almost waxy and the roundup will just run right off oh. and that that won't kill the seed that the the, yeah. the plants have been putting down each year and <clears throat> the seed lasts in the ground for i mean i don't know how many years so you have to be persistent that's yeah that's the name of the game but it'll probably take years to get rid of it well i've been fighting it for years I have a green belt area high on a hill, mm -hmm. and I threw dirt and plants and all over the hill, thinking the sun would kill them. They rooted, and they've taken over my hill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, they do. I mean, and they were just on top of the ground. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah, yeah grape, they're very persistent. Grape hyacinths don't need any extra water to, in order to live here. They can exist on... Well, last year I think we we got only like eight inches of of moisture. And that that includes uh, snow and rain. Yeah. And oh. my neighbor's yard, they just come right back up and bloom their silly heads off, and they haven't been watered in the twenty I think eight years that we've lived there. I've uh, I have a lot of other plants in there that they, they've crowded out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just at my wits end trying to get rid of them. Well, I, I don't know that you can, to be honest with you. I, you might just need to embrace the, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that those, those grape hyacinths are going to be there for a while, and, and maybe you can work around them. Uh, okay. Uh, if I use that brush and stump killer mm -hmm. uh, 
Is it going to affect my other plants? No. <clears throat> no, it goes no. down only into the root system of that particular plant. It does not spread through the soil and get taken up by any other plants. But you said to spray the greens. Yeah, you want to spray the stump that's left after you cut the vine down. Spray oh, it or pour it on or paint it on. Um, oh, I don't spray the greens? No, not with the stump killer, no. Oh, okay. Well. Be sure and read the instructions. Okay. Well, thank you for your help. You bet. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. You're very welcome. Thanks for calling. So, yeah, trumpet vine. I'm, I'm wanting to put up a, a big, um, what would you call it? So four by four posts in the ground, a freestanding structure with, mm -hmm. with uh, I don't know, a pergola sort of thing. Yeah, I guess that's what you call yeah. it. And I'm thinking I want to put trumpet vine on it because if we have a walkout basement, so if I were up in the main floor kitchen area looking out on the backyard, the trumpet vine would be up high mm -hmm. and it would be really pretty up there. But then I'm thinking, what kind of maintenance nightmare am I going to give myself <laughs> <laughs> by planting that? Well, I have three trumpet vines. One yes. I have going up into a tree, mm -hmm. and it just doesn't sucker. I don't know why. Okay. And I have two others on either on either side of a of a gate, a chain link gate. Um, one of which died almost to the ground last year. Oh my! And the other one's just fine. Isn't it's just that bizarre? Fine. I have you know again. I don't know why. I'm sure it was weather related, and they're and they're two different ones. They're not the same. Okay. So, uh, and I'll probably get blooms on both of them once they come back yeah. th this year. Even. Do they sucker? I'm seeing a few suckers. Yeah. Not a problem at all. Okay. Yeah. But it's been ten years since they've been in there. Okay. I'll probably go ahead and do it. So. And then then I'll kick myself in ten years or fifteen. <laughs> but I do know and have seen trumpet vines and other people's yards where they're coming up like everywhere everywhere yeah. but i wonder if those are trumpet vines that have been pruned hard don't know that seems to be one of the things i see is that if you prune a trumpet ha hard if you prune sumac really hard you get more you get more suckers yeah yep. uh, same thing with aspen you mm. cut them down and you get more suckers or right choke away. cherries and choke cherries yeah yeah so i guess the the name of the game is don't cut it down well, I planted one of those <laughs> sucker punch choke cherries mm -hmm. that uh, is not supposed to sucker, and this is its second year. <laughs> no suckers yet. Yeah. <laughs> and when you do finally see a sucker, you know what someone else is going to say to you. <laughs> yeah, sucker. A sucker is right. <laughs> we'll see what happens. That's another name I don't particularly care for. What, Sucker Punch? Yeah, Sucker Punch. I don't like that name. For the plant? Yeah. Because there a, there's a product, uh, a, a liquid spray called yeah. Sucker Punch, mm -hmm. that kills suckers yep. without hurting and the main plant. To me, that's, that's, that's an okay name for a, a product. But for a plant, I don't like it. I don't like it. That's, that's, that's pugilistic. <laughs> okay. we, don't have anybody, we don't have any callers. How did that happen? Here's the way you do this. You have a, a dialing device somewhere in your on your property, somewhere in your house. Uh, it may be flat. It may be round. It may be Siri. It may be uh, the names of all these other. Alexa. Alexa. There's got to be a ton of others by now, too. I would think so. Anyway, uh, uh, yell at them, 303-477-2473.
and it'll make that phone call all for you automatically. You don't, you you ain't got to do nothing except talk. Just talk whenever someone says hello, and it's free. This is Sean. What size is your left shoe? Hey, I'm picking um, I'm picking snow peas, and they're really tasty. Well, yeah. And let's see what else. Uh, snow peas. Ready. How did they get that name? I don't. They know. they don't. They're not ready to pick when there's still snow on the ground. Well, I, I planted snow peas and sugar snap peas. I can't <clears> tell <throat> the difference. Just different. They seem to be the same thing to me. Yeah, they're just they're they're sisters. Okay. Yeah. My romaine lettuce is. Starting to form heads. Yay. Um, I'm going to make my first cut of broccoli in the next day or so. And let's see. I'm going to cut out all of my spinach because it's infested with leaf miner. I'm not going to grow spinach anymore. You can usually get the first crop without leaf miner. Well, not if you're as late as I am. Oh, putting it yeah. In. If you plant it late, you're. Well, next. This year, plant it in September. In September, okay, yeah. I'll plant it. That in the way, fall. it'll come up as soon as it possibly can next year. Okay. <coughs> and let's see what else is going on. Um, the kohlrabi hasn't started robbing yet. Yeah. But it's growing, which is encouraging. My beans came up a really kind of sad germination. I think maybe fifty percent germination on. Uh, when do you remember the date you planted them? Oh. Probably 10 days to, certainly not two weeks ago, but maybe 10 days ago. Oh, really? That, that short of time ago? Okay. Yeah. Really, really sad germination. I would have thought the soil would have been warm enough by are they, then. Are they a short-lived seed? Do you know? Shouldn't be. <clears throat> they should last several years. It was a year-old seed, but yeah. that should be fine. I'm glad I sowed them extra heavy. I, can, I still have enough plants that did, did come up. That, that's a crop that uh, the breeders over the now over the centuries have bred out of them seed dormancy. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to scare the five seed and do funny things to get in order to oh, get okay. seed to germinate. Yeah. <clears throat> but they're almost all garden beans. They're, you know, they'll come up right away as soon as you plant them. I'm worried about my radishes now. I would be. With those 100-degree temperatures <coughs> coming yeah. up, it sounds to me like yeah. they're just going to go straight to, to flower. Yeah. You'll see, you'll see stems shortly, <laughs> which indicates they're about ready to flower. What if I put an air conditioner on them? I read an article on, I don't remember where I read it. I have too many sources that I read. I can't remember where, what I read. But it was about how can I stop my, you know, fill in the blank from bolting. <clears throat> That's what we're talking about, yeah. the vegetables going to flower. It's called bolting. And this was done in, uh, written in, in England someplace. Long article. Long story short, bottom line, last word, you can't. Is that right? You can't stop anything from boating. Because boating is caused by any number of features over which man has absolutely no control. The main one is temperature. Yeah. It can be too cold when you put in things, and uh, that will cause them to bolt. It can get too hot after you put things in, that'll cause them to bolt. Day length changes on certain crops, that causes them to bolt. And you don't have any control over any of that. No, you don't. Not without a lot of equipment. <clears throat> yeah, in a greenhouse, you have a better chance, but then you got control over temperature at yeah. least. Yeah. I remember as a kid, uh, the guy that got me hooked on orchids, <laughs> he, 
his greenhouse, he had one section he wanted to grow cymbidiums <coughs> in Kansas where it's hot. And cymbidiums need cold yeah. to flower. He wanted to grow cymbidiums. So he air-conditioned mm-hmm. his greenhouse in the late in fall. Not swamp cooler. Air conditioning. Air conditioning, yeah. Yeah. Swamp yeah. coolers don't work in Kansas. It's too humid. Yep. <laughs> he got his cymbidiums yeah, to bloom. Kind of I don't blooms. know what kind of price he paid for that, though. I swear. All right. Let's see. We've got... Uh, We've got James on the line. Wants to talk to us about suckers on trees. Imagine that. Good morning, James. Hey, good timing. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Yeah, you were there, and we just happened to answer the phone. Hey, good thing, good thing. Hey, my my kid bought a house this past year, and he's got a, I don't think it's a flowering crab. I think it actually has crabs on it. Um, not the little pinchy crabs, but the crab apples. Okay. And underneath of it, I mean, it looks like grass. It is so thick of suckers. Mm-hmm. And they're actually going further away from the tree and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And you guys, you guys mentioned something about the sucker up. There's a, there are two that, products on the market at the garden center that you can, you can purchase. One of them is called Sucker Stopper. Okay. And that's made by a company called Monterey. Okay. And then there's another one called Sucker Punch. Okay. And that's made by Bonide. Okay. And they're and both they're, those they're the same product. I mean, in in the bottle, they're the same material. Uh, so those products, you'll find them. I don't know that you'll find it at a big box store. You'll probably have to go to a a garden center to get them. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Um, and that's and that's the one that you can do. You, you trim those off and then spray it, like you do the the one to to uh, get rid of the whole bush. No, no, you want to leave the suckers intact and spray okay. this product directly on the foliage. And the nice okay. thing about cool. it is it it travels down to the point of attachment where the suckers join the roots, and gotcha. and kills out that sucker and any other buds that might become suckers in the future. But it doesn't damage the root system of the main tree. Interesting. That's cool. Yeah, it, it came out of the orchard industry. Because, um, uh-huh. you know, orchardists, especially people who grow apples and pears, uh, they have to prune those trees really hard. And that kind of pruning causes lots of water sprouts and suckers up on the tree itself, which they don't like. Oh. And it takes a lot of labor to go through and clean those out. So they developed this product that they can spray on those cuts when they make those cuts to prevent those sprouts from ever happening. Oh, okay. And it's just found its way into retail. Somebody thought, hey, that's a good thing to use on aspen or sumac or crab apples in your case. Um, Right. right. it's It's a good product. It works well. Okay. Cool. That's, yeah, right as I was dialing the phone, you guys had mentioned that stuff. So I'm like, well... Already dialed him. I might as well call and talk to him. So. We appreciate it. We were getting lonely. I just sounded like it. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so, I appreciate your guys' show there. I, I'm not usually listening regularly this time of day, but I appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks for calling. Thanks, James. Thanks, guys. See ya. Hey, I made a list through my garden 
well, during did. the past week, how many stinky stinky plants I have. Oh, cool. <clears throat> good stinky or bad stinky well, these or are both? Good, stink, good stinky. Lots lots of uh, sweet fragrances. Okay. Uh, one of, uh, and I said, did I sh- did I say plants or shrubs? Most of them are shrubs. One of them is a plant that bloomed first, and that's sea kale. Is that good? That, that's very fragrant. Boy, it just I bought one this year. I'm anxious to plant it. Stinks up the whole side of the house. Um, golden currant smells like cloves, mm-hmm. and it, it can smell up your entire yard. And I have a, a a plant that's a native plant called antelope bitterbrush, and it blooms every spring with yellow blossoms, and it it too is very very fragrant. Mock orange, which is starting to bloom now. Oh, I love mock oh, I orange. Love that. Oh, I love that smell. If they made a, an aftershave with it, I'd use it. <laughs> I really would. That's really very nice. Bud Leah, yeah, right now in bloom. That's the plant select one. Oh. Uh, Alternifolia. Yeah, yeah. That fountains. Something. Yeah. S- silver I, fountains or something like that? No, I don't even know what the common name is. But it is very, very, very fragrant. Cliff Rose, a native plant. Uh, very first one I ever found in the wild was with my nose. And I just followed the fragrance and found the plant. Cool. Uh, little leaf mock orange. Not blooming yet, but that has a slightly different smell than does mock orange that we all know. And apparently a different bloom time. Yeah. Beauty bush, I have one in my yard. It, it, it's a very large shrub. It's just covered in pink flowers right now. And I didn't notice this before. When you get up close, you can. there is a fragrance coming off of that. You posted a picture on yeah. our Facebook page. Yeah, but you can't smell that picture. No, but the, yeah. the flowers, are, I mean, that shrub is just gorgeous. And I have uh, five or six species of lead plants, amorphous. Mm. Yeah. Uh, two, three of which are natives. And my, one of my favorites is desert holly. And there are two species there. And that is just totally covered in yellow fragrant blossoms. Now, is that a barberry? It's a barberry, yeah. Okay. Mahonia or barbarous, either one you can use. Desert holly. Yep. And, and then it has berries later, doesn't it? Yes, it has red berries later, juicy berries that are delicious. Ooh, cool. And they hang on uh, all through the winter and uh, until next spring when typically in my yard, robins come in and just eat them all up. Unless all you have. Yeah, yeah, unless I have eaten <laughs> some of them. <laughs> and I have a... Uh, Yellowwood. Oh. That's blooming for the first time after 10 or 15 years. Yeah, not many people have yellowwood. <laughs> I know. And uh, I, th- I think they're fragrant, but the blossoms are way, way, up, way there. up there. Yeah. What about... So I'm going to use my shotgun and bring some of those blossoms down. And okay, see if I can good. Smell them. Yeah. Your neighbors will appreciate yeah. that. I'm sure. What about... Um, did your papa bloom this year? It did. And I just looked at it yesterday. There is some fruit forming. Excellent. Not as many as I would hope for, but... There's you still some. have two or just one? I still have two. One's, okay. a, one's a sucker or the other. Oh, okay. And I let that sucker go. Now I have a mini forest <laughs> of, so of two small trees. If you have fruit, then that means that you don't really have to have two varieties. No, you don't. Cross-pollination. It, it works better, I understand. And that, that's the way it is with a lot of fruit. They, they will fruit, but they fruit better if there's an, another unrelated plant close by. That blooms at the same time. Yeah, preferably. <laughs> That's the hard thing because especially, you know, matching up apple varieties. Not yes. all apple varieties bloom at the same time. And while it is true that a crab apple will mm-hmm. pollinate an apple tree, typically p- crab apples bloom well before apples yeah. bloom. Yeah. So it really doesn't help. Yep. And they make charts for apples oh, and yes, also they- for all, all tree fruits. You can get charts that will show you what two fruits, what two of those apples that 
would be best to plant together, mm-hmm. that they or would pollinate each other. Now, there are certain fruit trees, like uh, peaches, mm-hmm. self-fruitful. Yeah. Um, Japanese plums, two varieties necessary, <laughs> but the Italian plums, the prune plums. Fruitful, self-fruitful. One self-fruitful. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the pears are self-fruitful. Some do better with mm-hmm. the pollinator. I think all the apples require, not, I shouldn't Doesn't say require, require they, they but are much more much fruitful with uh, yeah, another. Sweet cherries, typically, there are some exceptions, but typically require a pollinator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, sour cherries, no. No, yep. Inclu- Including our native one. Yeah, a native one. Yeah, we got a native a cherry. A native cherry? Yeah, we do. Called a bird or pin cherry. Oh, is that one? Okay. Yeah. It's a very small cherry. Yeah, yeah. But it's sour. And then there's and in fact, this, they're blooming right now up in the foothills. There's Tomentosa, too, the Nanking cherry. Yes, that's from Asia. Yeah, uh, that doesn't require a pollinator. No, it doesn't. And it does produce edible fruit. It does. And a shrub form. Mm-hmm. Big shrub. <laughs> yeah, it can, be, it can get to be a big shrub. It can, but it sure is pretty, and it smells good when it blooms. Yeah, that too. And it can, the blooms are either, can't you can get them in either white or pink. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. Mine is mostly white. Well, I I circumvented the whole multiple tree mm-hmm. requirement for fruit trees. I bought it. I bought oh, a, a I small what, orchard I know, this I know year. I know what you did. I uh, bought on one stem. I bought an <laughs> apple tree that is espaliered <clears throat> in three levels, and each level is a different variety that are good for pollinating each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are two things I like about that. Number one, I only have to have one tree. Number two. The different varieties ripen at different times, so I don't have 700 apples coming right. into you, ripeness you, all at the same time. And you don't have to eat them all right away. Yeah, that would be hard. I did that with a pear, too. I've got a pear that's got four varieties on one tree. I'd be interested to see how that works out. Yeah, the pear doesn't look real happy. Oh. I might have to give it some kelp. Or Epsom salts. There you go. <laughs> okay. Hey, we're a little late for a break, so we're going to take that, and we come back, and we're going to talk with Mike and Patsy, who's who have questions, which I can't read from this distance because it, it, the print is too tiny. Make the print bigger, Sean. Yeah. Make it more bigger, please. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll handle all of that when we come back here on Legends 810. At DeWitt Company, we have fabrics for every reason, products for every season. With summer gardens just around the corner, now is the time to select DeWitt landscaping fabrics to block and prevent weeds without harmful chemicals. Save time and trouble pulling weeds by installing fabrics for every application under the sun. DeWitt Weed Barrier and Weed Barrier Pro block weeds guaranteed and allows air, water, and nutrients to pass through. The fabric conserves soil moisture and promotes plant growth. New to the lineup, DeWitt Garden Weed Barrier, a biodegradable paper mulch that is perfect for vegetable garden lovers and organic enthusiasts alike. Simply unroll and install before planting, and at the end of the growing season, just rototill it into the soil or throw it into the compost bin. Perfect for annual gardens. DeWitt Landscaping Products and Plant Fabrics are the number one choice of professionals in the lawn and garden industry. DeWitt's high-performance quality products save time and are environmentally safe for the responsible homeowner. You'll find DeWitt products at your favorite independent garden center retailers. 
Gardening is therapeutic, and it provides so many health benefits. At Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, we understand how important gardening can be. It's a time for us to renew ourselves, have a positive attitude, and improve our happiness and quality of life. Walking through our greenhouses and outdoor market area is just what you need. Our store provides wide aisles and plant signage to help in your shopping. Picking plants should be an adventure. You never know what will spark your interest. It's a great time to fertilize. Find the perfect plant for that special spot or add a special touch to your garden. We have outdoor benches, landscape arches, decorative pottery, and garden decor. Browse through the greenhouse and feel your stress melt away. Planting a garden is very rewarding. It's a heart-healthy activity that'll give you joy all summer long. You'll sleep better feel better, and there's a sense of pride in nurturing something to grow. Feel the positive healing power of flowers. Stop by Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center. We can help with all your gardening and floral needs. Located in the heart of Lafayette at 600 South Public Road. Call us at 303-665-5555 or visit us online at lafayetteflorist.com. Have you got spring fever? Then come visit Nick's Garden Center and Farm Market. We are one of Colorado's largest garden centers with over 10 acres of top quality plants and the finest gardening products on the market. Get a head start on the season with seeds, seed starting supplies, onion and potato sets, hardy pansies, herbs, spring bulbs, houseplants, soils, and fertilizers. Come see many unusual plants as well as trusted favorites. All the newest variety of trees, shrubs, evergreens, roses, and perennials are arriving weekly. Our bulk and landscape yard is stocked with compost, mulches, and decorative rock with delivery available. Our friendly and helpful expert staff is ready to assist. Nick's Garden Center and Farm Market, celebrating 34 years of color, quality, and service. Located two blocks north of Iliff on Chambers Road in Aurora. Also visit us at nixgardencenter.com. Planting and growing a vegetable garden can be so relaxing. Plus, the fruit of your labors are the best-tasting produce you can grow. Juicy tomatoes, zesty peppers, crispy lettuce, and so much more. So I talk to the experts at my neighborhood garden center to make sure I get the best results for my efforts. They told me that the biggest mistake most gardeners make in the garden is not fertilizing throughout the growing season, starting on day one. Luckily, Fertilome has an easy answer with a great product to keep your tomato and vegetable plants thriving all season long. Fertilome Tomato and Vegetable Food. This professional strength plant food is specially formulated for better growth, better flavor, and larger harvests. Available in an easy-to-apply, slow-release pellet and feeds for 30 days. This year, my tomatoes and vegetables are going to thrive with the help of Fertilome Tomato and Vegetable Food. Visit with your local independent garden expert and discover a treasure trove of quality Fertilome products for your home and garden. You'll find Fertilome Tomato and Vegetable Food and other Fertilome products at your favorite local independent garden center, including the Tree Farm in Longmont, Hector's Garden Center in Arveda, Jared's Nursery in Littleton, Lafayette Florist and Greenhouse in Lafayette, and tell them the Garden Wise Guy sent you. We are back. There we go. I'm coming back here. That means we are back right here on Legends 810, taking your garden questions. And as I said before, we have Mike and Patsy. Mike is up first. Out there in Littleton. Good morning, Mike. 
Good morning. Um, I have a hardy hibiscus that's just beginning to sprout out, and I want to move it, but my new area isn't ready. Could I dig it up and put it in, like, a real big pot to... Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty they're pretty forgiving that way. And I could divide it at the same time. It's about a 20-year-old hibiscus. You can easily divide it. For each piece that you... You're probably going to have to use a shovel or an axe to cut it apart. But uh, for each piece, you want to have, you know, a good three or four new sprouts on each division. Okay. A minimum of three or four. Okay. Second question. I use the Fertilone 20-20-20. Can I spray that on lilies? Yeah, you can. As a foliar feed? Yes. I think it would be better if you uh, made up that solution at the recommended rate, and then watered the plant in with it. I find it's much more effective in yeah. the soil than on the foliage. The, the roots are much better at taking up those nutrients than the leaves are. Oh, okay. Hmm. Because I always use that Chapman little hand sprayer for everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think you'll, get, so, you'll find you have better results. I mean, foliar feeding, there's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't do any damage unless you mix it up too strong or something. Um, but the leaves aren't nearly as well adapted to picking up nutrients as the roots are. And so you're, the, the nutrients you're putting down are going to be, um, it's more efficient uh, for the plants w- to pick them up through the soil. Would there be a granular one that I could mix into the soil? Yes. Uh, than the 2020 Yeah, Fertilome makes a, a one called Gardener's Special. And it's not a 2020 okay. but it's similar. It's close. Um, just don't show the label to the plants, and they won't know the difference. Uh, okay. But just scatter it on the ground. You don't have to mix it with the soil. Just scatter it on the ground and water it in. That's all you have to do. I think I think that require or it recommends uh, a monthly use during the growing season. Okay, and it's called Fertilone Garden. Gardeners Special. Gardeners Special. Okay. All righty, I will go look for that. Okay. Thank you for your help. Oh, you bet, Mike. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Good day. I remember as a kid. Our neighbor across the street had those hardy hibiscus. And that was before this, the ones that are, you know, when they bloom were as big as your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, these were smaller ones. They were bigger than hollyhocks, but not quite that yeah. dinner plate size. And I always admired that. And one year he gave me a clump and put it in the garden, by the vegetable garden. And after about five years, I had completely ringed the garden oh, really? with, with, uh, wow. with these hibiscus. <laughs> and it was it was spectacular, and these things would get up five feet tall or yeah. more. They were big growers back then, and of course Kansas is hot, and they love that. They love the heat, yeah. And it has deep soil and regular rains during the summer, so yeah. that helped too. But man, did they grow! I just remember dividing those things up. My parents would get upset with me. Well, it was just looking nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you went. And, and now you chopped them all up again. <laughs> I've done that with a couple of plants. Uh, actually, bulb things. Um, fall crocus. Yeah. Big yeah. pink flowers. Mm-hmm. I grow them on for a while and look up some information. They say, well, if you have 10 flower stems, the plant is big enough to be dug up and separated. Okay. So I'm out there counting flower stems. <laughs> <laughs> and marking those that have 10 stems or more. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and, it, and then you have to wait until, see, they come up in the fall, and then next spring the leaves come up. And once the leaves die back, then you can dig them up and, right. and separate them. And mine, mine have just died back. Yeah, mine are starting to die yeah. back as well. So you have to mark them because when they die back, they disappear. Tell me about it. Yeah. I, I was planting some Amsonia. <clears throat> um, what, do they call, what is that? Blue Star? Something or other. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I was planting some Amsonia uh, a couple days ago, and up out of the ground came all these bulbs. <laughs> and it was some fall crocus, not colchicum, but the true crocus. True crocus, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'd forgotten that they were there because the leaves had died down mm-hmm. probably yeah. the day before, and I'd forgotten already. Yeah. But anyway. Well, now we have fall crocus all over the place. Yeah? And I've marked a bunch more, so I'll be digging more up here. Oh, my goodness. Probably about the middle of summer. All right. If you have extras, you know yeah. who to send some I mean, to. I, first time I did and it, I was surprised at how many I had. Thank you for the grape iris, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You'll have more. I'm sure. I'm sure. You're, that... Uh, was it Ringo that you gave me or Batik? Batik, I think. You, yeah. Oh my gosh, ago. that really bloomed well this year. Yeah, that's, that's nice one. That's, that's a great flower. All streaky, stripy. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I think it was the first speckled, spotted. And now uh, they're all over all kinds of colors. Yeah, now like you can that. get them all that yeah. kind of coloration in all kinds of flowers. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's get back out to the phones and see what Patsy's up to right now before the top of the hour. Good morning, Patsy. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. What's going on with yourself today? Well, I also grew up in those hot Kansas summers. Oh, yeah? Where at? In Kiowa. Oh, okay. I was in Newton. Little town south. Okay. I thought that. I spoke with you last summer. Oh, okay. And also then went on to attend um, Kansas State. I'm curious. Where were you at K-State? Where was I? I I was there uh, from seven... When? From 74 to 77. 79. 79. I got my master's there in 79. Okay. All right. I called you guys late last summer um, from Loveland, and you gave me some very wise advice. I had what you called a blank slate. And so I brought in topsoil. um, I brought in compost and had that all rototilled in. You even talked me into using sod instead of seed, which I'm very glad about. <clears throat> so now my question is, do I need to be fertilizing the shrubs and the perennials that I've planted? Mm, I, don't, I don't fertilize shrubs. They seem to work. They seem to perform all, all by themselves very nicely. Uh, the perennials, okay. depends I mean, on what the... all this rich soil. So I didn't know for sure. Yeah, I eventually the plants will take up uh, those minerals out of the soil, and they would benefit by being fertilized. I, you know, okay. I, I'm not sure you you're going to notice unless you're really quite observant about how what what difference it is it's going to make. But yeah, I, I overall I I would fertilize perennials and not so much on shrubs and the lawn and the lawn, of course. And then right. if your shrubs right. are anywhere near the lawn or the perennials, it's gonna, the shrubs will benefit yeah. from that fertilizing yeah. of those two items. Um, well, I've always wondered about that. I've heard you guys talk about that. So when I'm fertilizing the lawn and it flows over, will that fertilizer absorb through the mulch that I have? Absolutely. Uh, eventually, water, you'll look okay. at watered in, and that'll dissolve and get down into the roots. Sure. We do it all the time. Okay. Okay. So what would you suggest? Um, I have some rich lawn. Hey, Patsy. Fertilizer. 
Yeah. Patsy, I'm going to have to stop you there. I, I, we need to put you on hold so we can do our top of the hour thingy, and we'll come right back to you, okay? Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. It is not a very long break. Hold your breath, and we'll be back before you run out of breath right here on Legends 810.